You're listening. You're listening. You're listening to Music Biz 101 and more. Two. Here we go. Three. Now we're doing it. Okay. Okay. There we go. All right. In three, two, one. And this is the Bram Bessoff. Bram right? Bessoff. Yeah. Uh, Bram Bessoff. Indie hitmaker. Okay. There we go. So there we go. Okay. Slate. Proper slate. Yeah. All right. Here we go. So three, two, one. Welcome to the Music Biz 101 and More yeah, radio show. Your free advice. That's right. I know. Sure, it's getting they? tired of this. Free advice radio show and podcast. Find us every Wednesday at Brave New Radio 88.7 FM on the campus of Way Pass, University of Scenic Way, New Jersey, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitch Radio's podcast. I am your co host, Professor David Kerr. Fill up with your other co host, Dr. Esteban Marconi. Yes, and we are live and pre recording what you're listening to from Nashville, Tennessee at the Music Biz 2016 convention. We want to thank the Music Biz Association for giving us space here in the Nashville Convention Center for our William Patterson University students connected interviews with some great guests and one of our students is with us today his name is mike bassett mike bassett good to have you here mike bassett hey how you doing fine how are you wonderful that's great and mike was able to bring bram bessoff here founder of indie hitmaker yes right yeah. glad to be here glad Man, to be if this here. doesn't work out for you you can uh, have a living reading disclaimer for radio <laughs> I, i'm going to do that and the Car, faster i go the less yeah. Yeah. yeah it's perfect um so we want to give thanks to uh, two entities first we want to give thanks to van dyne bruno inc and white hat management with artists like Charlie Puth, Dave Matthews, Sharon Jones, The Bap Kings, and Kiss, there's only one place to go for your band's business management. Go to vp-cpa.com when you are ready. And also we want to give thanks to Christine Vey, a wealth manager and the president of Vey Wealth Management. Christine has helped many of our professionals at William Patterson manage their investments and plan out their retirement. If you are looking for some guidance on how to plan for your retirement or if you have questions on anything from investments and portfolio management to insurance, retirement planning, give Christine Vey a call. Oi, Vey, call her at 732-455-1510. The number again, Bram, is 732. I want to write it down. Yeah. <laughs> 455 one five one zero. Yes, that's right. Now in my phone. And remember, <laughs> your money, your values, our focus. Email her, Christine at Vay Wealth. V-A-Y. I'm emailing her right now, actually. That's right, because you want the the advisement that you need. All right, we are here with Bram, and we have 20 minutes or so. And Mike Bassett, you are the man. You're the MBA student at William Patterson University. What do you want to do when you grow up? I want to work in the music business. There we go. So business. let us begin, and you start at. Give us a little bio on Bram. What is Bram? What is Indie Hitmaker? Yeah, so uh, so Bram works. He's a founder of uh, Indie Hitmaker. Um, actually, that was going to be my first question. Is like, could you just kind of like walk us through a little bit of, you know, what's your goals uh, with Indie Hitmaker? What are they What are they trying to do for their constituents? Sure. So um, I myself started as a musician back in the day. I was up, you know, went to school at Syracuse University, New oh. House for advertising. Oop. What year did you graduate? I graduated in '93. Ah, I was gone at any yeah. So, uh, you know, first minute after my folks left, you know, kicked them out, started looking for someone to play music with, went up a half a flight of stairs, found my music collaborator for the next 15 years. We <laughs> took the, um, yeah, first thing I did, um, we took the band down to Atlanta, Georgia, toured 
professionally for a good eight years, had a lot of good success, but not all the way success. We turned down record deals. We made bad choices. We mm. lost opportunities. The whole and nine yards. Yeah, ultimately, you know, that seven-plus-year time zone, like the DMVs of the world, that if you don't really make it by then, the band yeah. starts to fall apart. That's yeah. exactly what happened. I got into management, worked with the uh, Virgin College Megator for several several seasons with my other partner up in uh, Chicago. Uh, that turned into managing other bands, and then I went on the road with a band called State of Man, and we all together started Indie Hitmaker after we found that we had success uh, reporting live venue sales from from live shows, put the artists up on the Billboard charts for a good eight weeks, and we said, hey, we should be doing this for other artists, and hence that was the birth of Indie Hitmaker, where we were probably the first open source company for any artist to come and join us without a label deal or a distribution deal and be able to make their sales count from their live venue shows. Since then, it's, uh, you know, obviously grown into something bigger and more important. But we've been putting artists on the Billboard charts for almost every single week for the last eight years. And now we focus on helping artists um, make their sales count, whether you're selling music online from your own website. You know, we're all we love iTunes, but hey, why give them 30? Why send someone to iTunes and lose 30 percent of your sale? When and you lose your customer relationship and your data, let's, we're all about kind of keeping it in, in the uh -huh. artist pipeline. Own your own pipeline, keep 100% of the profits, and still make those sales count. And so that turned on to online sales reporting of your digital and internet mail order assets, as well as your live venue sales. And now we even have a way to tie digital music to uh, physical merchandise. So you could literally sell and report sales from just about anywhere because of the advances in technology. And then after that, I really became, well, I'm not selling enough music to be on the charts, which is a more inherent problem that obviously you're not making enough money. Mm -hmm. And so how, if we could help you do that, what would that look like? So we kind of turned into more of a company that was about helping artists win more fans, sell more merch and music, and of course make that count on the charts. And I developed a whole entire 12-step release plan, plan behind releasing your music. So I think that's really, you know, we kind of talk about bleeding necks sometimes. When you have a bleeding neck, you go to the emergency room and you need help right now versus the fact that, you know, my doctor told me I should lower my cholesterol and do something about right, it. Right. Maybe I'll take care of it down the road. But when your neck's bleeding, yeah. your neck, you, yeah. you need yeah. help right now. Right. And a bleeding neck for an artist is really their release. You put all your time, you put money. I don't even care if you're, if you're recording for free. There's money, there's time, and more importantly, there's a piece of your soul that goes into making music. And every time you release something and it doesn't accomplish the goals that you set forth, you are delaying your career. You are diluting your ability to be able to do what you love for the rest of your year and make money. Sooner or later, you're going to need to buy a house. Mm -hmm. You're going to most likely have some children. You might want to go on vacation or something like that. You're going to need money, right? Giving away music for free is not going to put money in your pocket. Waiting for Spotify to send you royalty checks. <laughs> you know, is most likely not going to help 98% of the artists out there have a successful living. So we kind of turned Indie Hitmaker upside down on its head, and I started a platform called Dropkick, where it's all about, instead of just dropping a record, we want to help you dropkick a record, uh, and that's <laughs> the idea of it. Yeah. And so it starts with making sure that your release is smart. And so I've created this 12-step release plan that does everything from making sure that you have split sheets and copyright protection to owning your own UPCs and ISRCs, using the right digital aggregators, finding the right marketing plan. And it always starts with knowing who you are as an artist, who your audience is, and what kind of music they want to listen to and buy. And if you can figure that out, then you can flow the rest of it out of that. And we help artists move through that from song creation to chopping, 
chopping, topping the charts. <laughs> and that's kind of what Indie Hitmaker has kind of become. So we say we are IndieHitmaker.com. We help you make account. But we're really about helping artists win more fans, sell more merch and music, and make a count on the charts. Yeah. Well, uh, so about this this twelve step program, how long have you guys been uh, been working with bands with the twelve step program? Um, it's been relatively new. We started it. I want to say probably I got an exact date, December fifteenth of twenty fifteen. Oh, so twenty fifteen. Okay, so it's very so recent. it's relatively new. Like I said, we were very you know we started off with the live venue sales, and then we kind of turned into being able to report all your sales. I left out a very important thing because they're big. Uh, involvement here in music business we are the only company right now that makes sure that your sales get to both sound scan and buzz angle yeah. so um we know we have competitors out there everybody knows about at venue we're we're frenemies you could say <laughs> yeah. you know i love ben and uh you know we do some some ta- chatting and talking but those guys they are exclusively tied to sound scan sound scan only reports to billboard yeah it's great to be a billboard artist you know you get the chest beat you get the the fame and the notoriety, but sitting underneath that, Buzz Angle is reporting to almost a dozen charts right now in media outlets, and um, so we are the only ones that bring the power of all that together. So we call it ultimate charting power. Right. So not just not just sound scan the Billboard, but everywhere, Polestar, Music Week, A2IM, which is the Independent Association mm-hmm. of Independent Record Labels. Yeah. These are people that can help an independent artist's career. So we feel if you show up on those charts, you're going to have a much better chance of of making something happen for yourself. Did yeah. you do any reporting in Next Big Sound or um, what was the other? Uh, Big Champagne had their own ultimate yeah, chart. That, yeah. We don't do anything with them yet. Mm-hmm. I'd love to. My next goal is actually to get over to the UK and start doing something um, mm-hmm. with, with UK based charts and um, start doing some more stuff with International. But right now we're, you know, people... I, People are coming because they want the sound scam reporting. They want to get on the billboard charts. But what they learn when they come and they join us is that they're getting all this extra stuff, including the 12-step release plan, because there are so many artists there that just really don't know how to properly release a record and find that they get into trouble after the fact, or they come back really disappointed. Listen, you only get one shot at releasing music. At that point, it's it's lost its it's power it's lost its luster so every time you release something and it doesn't work out you got to kind of go back to the beginning and start over again yes you're going to be better educated you're going to probably be a smarter songwriter you're probably going to know your audience a little bit better but you might have wasted a year of your career and let's be honest like the prime time for anybody's artist career does not last forever until you can kind of get to the next step like a you know like a bruce springsteen Mm -hmm. She's got ultimate mm-hmm. fame, right? He's known how to yeah. connect with his audiences. He knows how to sell a million dollars worth of merch every single night. Yeah. But uh, that had to happen somewhere. And if you don't continue that road up, so-called the mountain, so to speak, mm-hmm. to, to the peak, and, and, and you get stuck halfway there, and you're just yeah. going to peter out. And it's going to happen exactly what I just said with my old band, Soup. You know, after seven years, we just we couldn't make it go anymore. And, mm-hmm. you know, after seven years of your life, looking back on it where I am now, 10, 20 years after my band had some success, but not all the success, if I had known then what I know now, I certainly would have done everything different. And that's part of the reason why I'm so passionate about helping artists do this so that they don't get to the same place that I do. Because when you get to where I am now and doing everything wrong back then, you're going to be like, damn, I really wish that I did that a little bit differently and had the success that I wanted because... I have another career right now, fortunately, but some of us won't. And what are you going to yeah. do? You're going to leave to something that you don't love. And I could think <laughs> that the worst thing that you could be doing is spending the rest of your life working to or, make money with something that you don't love. Right. Yeah, working absolutely. Working at a job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's all a job, but if you love yeah, your job, it's, it's not really job a job, right? It's a career. Yeah. yeah. That's what we yeah. always try to preach. Because a job is to get money. 
and a career is to do something you want to love the rest of your life. And you're, he's preaching to the choir because I was on Epic in the 70s with a band. And if I know now, what I, if I know then, what I know yeah. now, then uh, it would be a whole different but story. But isn't it funny that your younger self probably wouldn't have taken advice <laughs> yeah. from your older yeah. self yeah. anyways? And we always have to kind of figure it out for ourselves. So we're looking for a very, very small, select part of the artist base of people that are teachable. Yeah. You know, that yeah. are willing to learn good and, and yeah. do something because the rest of them are just going to go and make those stupid mistakes and they're going to have to learn it the hard way and most likely not find the success. So yeah. all you artists who are out there listening or all the people who work with artists, this could be the best thing that you guys ever do for your own career is you know, be willing to be teachable. To Go listen. find a mentor like an indie hit maker or even a Steven or a Dave or whoever. These people that know what they're doing and are willing to help you, you should really listen to them and do what they say because I promise you, unless your goal is to kind of be a struggling artist and eat macaroni and cheese for the rest of your life, take the advice of these people and do what they say because I guarantee you, you are going to have more success than not. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, as far as um, sound scan and buzz angle, I mean, there are a lot of people who are going to be listening that don't really understand the relationship between the two. Why is it that you want to report uh, to more than one of these uh, organizations? Sure. Cool. Well, so great question. Um, I kind of let's take it all the way back to the beginning, okay? Um, you want to be a rock and roll star, right? So, and we are in the music business. This isn't music, 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 right? It's yeah. like there is a business application to this. And in order to be a business, you have to be able to sell something and make money. So, artists, you are your own CEO. And really, the product that you're selling is yourself and your music. And so, why would you go through all the effort and the time that you are to, to build this release, to make the music, to record it, to put your show together, to go out there and play it, to not sell something afterwards? is like doesn't make a lot of sense if you think about <laughs> yeah. it. Like, uh, unless if you're killing it, you're not making a lot of money playing your live show until you build that fan base up anyways. So where are you going to make your money? You're going to make your money in selling stuff afterwards. So now, what do you need in order to sell music after a live show you need a great show. I'm a live music producer, so I focus on helping artists create live shows that capture and engage audiences and turn them into fans, or more importantly, buying fans. Like oh, yeah. You should not have to say at the end of your show, please come meet me at the, at the yeah. merch table and buy my CD. <laughs> yeah, if right. you've done your job on stage, they will be there waiting for you, cash in hand, wanting to buy something because you have created something inside them that they can only keep a hold of themselves through a piece of memorabilia or buying your music. They want something at that show. Mm -hmm. And if they're going to buy something and spend money with you, why do you want that only to count for gas money to the next gig? Yeah. And it's like, you know, as a, as an, as a fan and as a, you know, as a consumer of this stuff is like, I've never been to a live show and left wanting to buy their merch less. Like, I, every time you go to a show, it's like afterwards, I'm like, man, I got to get that T-shirt. Well, here's the reality of the story. Yeah. If you left wanting to buy their merch less than showing up, then you would yeah. have left before the show was over. Uh, that's true. And that <laughs> happens so many times. Like after the third song, if you are this out there listening, if people are leaving after your third song, I guarantee you, you are not loving your audience and you are not you are thinking too much about yourself and your music on stage and not the audience and carrying them through a journey. And that's... That's something I love yeah. to do is help artists do that. So to finish your question before, we got up to the point, the point that we wanted to make your music and your sales and your revenues count for more than gas money or hosting fees if you're not a touring band. Mm -hmm. And so what's the next step? And the next step is to let the industry know about your successes. And there's only 
two industry accepted metrics for sales in in the music industry, and that's SoundScan and BuzzAngle. There are many others that do radio, streaming, all this other stuff, but we're strictly talking about sales. So if you have a thousand Twitter followers, and I'm interested in your band, and I go and check up on SoundScan and only see that you've had 50, 50 sales of a record, then there's a serious, there's something's not, not right. connecting or lining up. And more importantly, that guy was at your show, Hey man, I love your band. How many fans you got? We got ten thousand fans on Twitter. How many records did you sell? Man, we sold twenty thousand units of our last record. Well, guess where he goes? He goes to Soundscan or yeah. Buzz Angle. He types <laughs> that information, and the fifty that got sold at Best Buy on consignment show up, and none of the rest are there. Guess what's happening? He's not calling you. It's gonna, yeah. you know. So that's the reason why you, in essence, want to report your sales. Now, the other thing that happens is that you are proactively putting it out there into the industry and to the general public that you're a commercially viable artist like mm -hmm. you know success begets success right you get the fence sitters to come and join everybody else when they say that somebody else likes you well maybe i should check them out and like them too well getting on the billboard charts could do that for you but most importantly it's about making sure that your metrics all line up and go throughout the industry so you are getting the most out of every single thing that you're doing working as an artist because if not you're playing the lottery and we all know that playing the lottery does not pay the bills no so so if mike is an independent artist and he wants to just report them on his own he i guess he can't do that we need somebody like you to absolutely that. and you found the hole right now, and there's others can, now that uh, that do it as well but you're right um so it, it is that artists cannot directly report their sales to to sound scan i believe buzz angle will accept it but we make it easy, and that's right. the other thing. So we have a lot of technology. We have a settlement app to do your live venue sales. We have the ability to take care of your online sales from your own website so that, like I said, you could skip iTunes and stuff like that, put that 30% back into your pocket. No offense, Apple, but you got plenty of money, and we don't. Um, <laughs> so it's just, you know, I, I don't know why you would want to do that. But um, So, yes, you're, you're absolutely right that um, artists can't really directly report, so they need an agent like us. And so we are super friendly. We are, you know, we are backed by a record label, but our record label just allows artists to come and join us. And in essence, we make your record label mm -hmm. visible to all those entities as well because we don't want to own your rights. We want, you, we want the artists to keep everything. That's why I go back to saying control the pipeline. I want you to own. Of course, you should own your royalties to your music. It's your music. Don't let anybody else take it. Even... You know, it, when you work with digital aggregators and, you you know, they have certain things in their user term agreements that, that allow them to kind of almost take over ownership of your music just mm -hmm. for the sake of making it easy for you. And I understand that some of the stuff is complicated and hard and not in your wheelhouse if you're a songwriter. But, but you know, I don't think you want to let anybody take over the ownership of anything that's yours. Guys, this is what you have. You have yourself and your music is your product. Do you think Apple or Hostess or anybody else allows Twinkies to be controlled by somebody else? <laughs> Never mind, re, you know, if they, it is resold after you buy it from them. But, you know, they are not going to let you control their IP. And you should not let other people control your IP. And that's a completely different radio program that we could go into that, yeah. that <laughs> side of it. But that's kind of where it starts. So, mm -hmm. so yes, you want to use an entity like us, but you want to use artist-friendly ones. Mm -hmm. And um, so I say... No matter what you do, read your service agreements. That's ultimately important. If you don't want to read them, there's a great website out there. It's a free plug for somebody else, rockandrolllibrarian.com. She will actually review any service agreement. It's a layman review, but she will, for $5, she'll figure out the gotcha and say, hey, you need to be care careful of this yeah, and this and that. Huh. 
And uh, so I highly recommend using services like that if you can't afford a lawyer. Because inside these service agreements, there are nasty things that might come back to haunt you later. And you need to work with these companies because you really can't get this stuff done on your own. So you got to find a nice balance between easy and correct mm-hmm. and good for your career. Mm-hmm. So if so if I'm if I'm with CD Baby, for example, who's getting my stuff onto Spotify and on iTunes, uh, CD Baby doesn't uh, report to SamScan or uh, certain. Yeah, they they don't. I have to go check with Chris upstairs okay. whether or not. I'm pretty sure that they do. Uh, they do report certain sales to to SoundScan, not the live venue stuff. Okay, so, so there we go. You know, okay. Anything that's sold off of the CD Baby site from an online point of view or um, through their, their physical distribution would get reported off the SoundScan, but okay. the minute that you go into the... Um, into the live world, you would need a company like there us. There we go. Okay. Mm-hmm. That yeah. makes it very And what, what do you guys, how does your fee structure work for these? So we try to keep it as affordable as possible. Um, there's been a level that's been set by the by the industry out there. It is we make it free to report to Buzz Angle. You could go to my site indiehitmaker.com right now and join for free and get all of your sales reported to Buzz Angle at no cost. The minute that you would like to report your sales to SoundScan and get on the Billboard charts, if you're doing online sales or using my Dropkick platform, it's ten dollars a month. And if you want to report compact physical discs at your live shows is $20 a month on top of all the other services that we offer. In the Dropkick plans, we make the 12-step release plan available to you and the Dropkick platform and all that other type of stuff. So we even give away our first 30-minute free consultation with every single paid sign-up to help you kind of get your ducks in order and your affairs settled. And if you need help further than that, you just don't want to do it on your own. We call it Drop Sherpa. Almost kind of like, you know, because this is literally about summiting a mountain like Everest. And you know how a Sherpa, you need a Sherpa to get to the top of Everest. There's just no doubt about it. You can't do it without one of them. So kind of the same goes with the music industry. You really need, and we talked about this before, Steve, that if your younger self knew what your older self knew now, you would have hired that person and listened to what he said. So that's what our drop Sherpas do is kind of guide you and handle you along the way. So make sure you don't get stuck halfway up the mountain in that that cloud of noise that sits there where four million Reverb Nation artists live that are all vying for your attention. Listen to me, listen to me. No, listen to me. Yeah, you gotta listen to my music, man. I'll even make it free and all this other shit. Come on, guys, let's be serious. This is about making connections with people. Music is a very emotional thing. Like, it's one of the most powerful emotive sources out there. And, and we all know what, when something hits us that it's about changing wants to needs. Let's be honest, okay? Yeah, if yeah, you can absolutely. change somebody from wanting to needing music or something from an artist you have tapped in and i promise you they will help fund the rest of your life and that's oh, yeah. what, that's what we're all about <laughs> absolutely yeah all right. so with the uh, ability that you're giving artists to make things a lot easier from this sort of perspective and giving traction in, in building their careers uh would you say that the future of music is in bands that aren't signed oh man um i think it's going that way you yeah. know um Again, it's kind of like I want. I'm going to go back to that lottery analogy. You know, getting signed is almost like winning the lottery. Uh, you should be going for it. Listen, my mom always bought a lottery ticket, but she sure as hell went to work. You know, <laughs> they did not go to the to Quick Trip and buy a lottery ticket and be like, "I'm done for the day." Yeah. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. They went to work. So artists, you need to go to work. You know what going to work is? Is working on your direct to fan relationships and your direct to fan strategies, and also networking the industry as well as potentially finding a way to shop to record labels but if you are 
vying on a record label to be your end goal to find success in the music industry, I'm going to have to say 99.9% of you guys are going to walk away unhappy. And some of you guys who get signed, go talk to anybody who's been signed. 99.9% of the people who have been signed get a deal and they and they walk out and they're not happy. Um, you know, you know what's the worst thing besides getting dropped, Steve? Just getting <laughs> shelved. Oh, yeah. Okay, when you get shelved, guess what? Yeah. Nobody ever gets to hear your music. And guess right. what? You don't own it, and you've lost it, and that's your baby. And you literally, yep. you know, mm-hmm. your baby's been put away and will never see the light of day. I'd rather get dropped and with the right of walk away with my master's and be able to go do something with it than to be shelved and stopped. Right. Horrible, okay? So why would, you know, right. have a strategy for trying to figure out how to get signed. If you think you really want to do that, I'd be honest with you, the minute that you stop thinking about getting signed and work on your direct-to-fan and everything else that you could do for yourself will be the time that you get signed. So, you know? Right. And, you know, artists always say, I want a booking agent. What do I need to do to find a booking agent? You know what I say? Don't look. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's when they're going to come. Focus on this other stuff, and you will get a booking agent when the time is right. The same way that when do you know you need a manager? When yeah. you can't handle doing it yourself. Yeah. And they will come. So yeah. like what's you- the thing you should be focusing on is – has to be great music, guys. It's the fundamental number one thing. We all know when we hear a great song, it does something inside of us. Sonically, you know, pieces of instruments all playing the same note together has this powerful effect on humans. If you know to play the right ones, it makes hair stand up on the back of your neck or can send a chill through your spine or can can bond itself to a life memory in such a way that, you know, almost like when the bird's first born and sees whoever is their mother, like that type of imprinting on you, that's a really powerful medium. And if you learn how to use that correctly, I promise you, you will be buying a nice house. You will be vacationing in Hawaii. You will send your kids to a great college and you will be able to play music for the rest of your life. Don't worry about the record deal for now. They will always be there. Is it the wave of the future? Hell no. You have so many services and capabilities now to be able to do everything that a record label used to do. So now it's your job to pick the right people to work with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bram, you are a terrible public speaker. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys hit my passion yeah, point, man. Yeah, I this is great. Mike said, yeah, we could have a couple extra minutes where he's like, dude, I don't know if I could talk for that long. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, like, and, and it's, I mean, through the course of it, you've, you've answered pretty much every question I had written down. Well, we'll go but, back man. in detail. So, yeah. um, as a Newhouse graduate, how did you get involved with bird seed counting and so on? What were right. you talking about? Here? Yeah, you know, so I went to school for advertising, and, you know, when I was a little kid, I really, I guess I, I set my, my life too far in advance, you know? Mm. I, I always like to do art, and I always like to draw and stuff, so I'm going to go into advertising and make a million dollars. And uh, But I always loved music, you know? Like, I was literally playing drums in my mother's womb, I think. The day before I was born, they went to go see Jesus Christ Superstar, and she said that I did not stop rocking through the whole entire thing. So I said, "I've come." Out, I'm a drummer, so yeah. I came out of the womb playing drums, mm-hmm. and you know, I always wanted to play music ever since the beginning. Yes, you know, I, I, raised in a good Jewish family, got to have a nice, yeah. solid career, right? right. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I went to school for what I thought I was supposed to be doing, advertising, and um, it turns out that I didn't want to be in advertising, but I always wanted to be in music. I still do advertising and marketing work to, to keep the lights on while I'm working mm-hmm. on these passion projects and stuff. And right now, man, we are working on building a music and film production park, park in Atlanta. I don't know if you guys up in New Jersey know what's happening in Atlanta, but there's more films being shot in Atlanta than even in Hollywood right now. And uh, because yeah, of these yeah. tax and film incentives, yeah. and we are doing this, yeah. hopefully doing the same for music in Atlanta, we want companies to come into 
to Georgia, uh, Choose ATL is this whole entire initiative that's about bringing millennials and companies into Atlanta because our culture is so rich in this digital entertainment, move, uh, movie, film, and, and music type of a world. So we want to build this. Uh, there's plenty of movie studios in Atlanta right now. It's almost like an East Hollywood, but there's not any central place for music, and that's kind of what we're building right now. So that's my new big life passion project. But, um, you know, How I guess, do you go about then what, for something like that to build... You know, a uh, well. Luckily, a we have relations. Yeah, it, exactly. Yeah, that's what yeah. it is. We, I kind of call it Music City ATL. Right now, we are in the Music City, but right. you know, there's more than one Music City in in the world right now, and they all kind of bring something a little bit different. I think Nashville is very much a songwriting music mm. city. Mm. Yes, they want more production, but we mm-hmm. have all this film and all this other stuff. That guess what? What's the one media that winds? Up, there's four components of media, right? We've got film television, music, and digital entertainment, which mm-hmm. is pretty much video games, right? Yeah. What's the one thing that's in all four? Video. Music. Music. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Music. music. Yeah. <laughs> so music touches all four where all of them, you're busted, yeah. all, where all the other ones don't ever really inter, intersect. So it's right. like, but unfortunately, music is not as big of an industry as, say, film or even gaming oh, at this yeah. moment. They're just, yeah. they're killing music. And part of that is our own fault. The other part's Napster's fault. But we're not going <laughs> to right. go it's back that far. But it still doesn't mean that music can't be sold and that you can't find or make a good living inside music. You just need to be doing it a little bit differently. So what I learned at Newhouse, some of the business stuff, learned uh-huh. what I didn't want to do in life, <laughs> you know. But, I, man, I've been a musician at heart since I was, ever, yeah, since I was right. born. So. And where did you grow up? I grew up in, in Massachusetts. So I, I was born in San Diego. I spent three years in Brooklyn, New York, to West Hartford, to Springfield, Mass, for most of my kid life, and uh, Longmeadow, Massachusetts, for any of you New Englanders, uh-huh. and then went to Syracuse for school and came down to Atlanta, Georgia to run a touring band. We did 150 shows for seven years in a row. What was the band? Soup. Soup? Yeah, just oh. Soup. Original band? What, what, a total original band. Just, we were a jam rock band. This hmm. is funny. So we started off, because we were practicing in apartments, we literally started off as an acoustic band. Yeah. Um, and one of the guys in our band played harmonica, and he played accordion. And so we literally started as a three-part acoustic-driven band, no electric guitars whatsoever. We made the first two records like that. Then we started introducing some electric guitars, but this... And unfortunately, Mike, the harmonica player, he, he passed away um, from some complications with cancer, but we... His, his grain was mm-hmm. in our band already without, mm-hmm. with the accordion, which when you hook that up to a Leslie, yeah. an accordion <laughs> right. on your chest is literally a, you know, a Hammond organ time. on yeah. your chest. Yeah. And, and we had so much fun with that, and mm-hmm. it really kind of made a really unique sound, and people really liked it. The thing that we were missing that I know now, the older self knows for the younger <laughs> self, was that whole entire how to engage people during our live show. We had a great live yeah. show. But we didn't really understand how to love our audience and get that X factor in there. So a mm. uh, classic story, uh, Jeff Blue, uh, who is an old, uh, you probably know who he is. He used to work at almost every single record label. Uh, man, who did he break? I can't even think about it off the top of my head. He invited us out. Um, he had seen us play at the 99X, or he heard our music on the 99X sampler disc back when they did big shows called Big Day Out. And he called us out and literally pulled us out of bed and had us come down to Smithsville Bar, which is a local institution in Atlanta, and give him a private showcase, just us and him. And half the guys are rolled out of bed. Like, some of them were still in pajamas. We didn't have our sage clothes on or anything like that. And we just kind of played a show, but we didn't love Jeff as the audience. Mm-hmm. And he passed on us. Oh. And, and I, you know, and 
he just didn't get that X factor that you get when somebody blows your mind. Listen, when we go to live shows, we want to be captured and engaged. We want to experience moments, and we want our lives changed. Mm-hmm. And if you – let's keep it positive. If you can do that mm-hmm. at every single show, I promise you, you will be gaining fans by the buttload, and you will be selling enough that you will be making real money. Mm-hmm. And that's, again, kind of where the whole entire – focus of indie hitmaker comes from is mm. some of those life lessons that I learned myself that I wish I could have would have you know yeah. it almost seems like uh, what you're trying to do with indie hitmaker is like is remove the distractions from from these these budding artists where they're trying to make it but you're just allowing them to do what they really need to do in order to actually build up their success without getting distracted by who's signing who and how I'm going to get a good deal and if it's a good deal or something like that. So when do you graduate so I can hire you? <laughs> that was really, really well said. Yeah, exactly. I want to make sure that you are focusing on the right things so that you don't there's, – there's two ways to get from point A to point B, right? You can take the straight line. Or you can meander along a path, which is going to take longer to get there. Right. What's the one thing, guys, that we don't have? And maybe as young people, you don't think so. What's the most valuable thing? Time. Yes. It is so... <laughs> we go. I, he got his question. <laughs> like, and the older you get, the, the sooner you realize it. So here's one of those you know, sage advice things for all you listeners out there. Guys, your time is more valuable than anything else. Please don't waste it. Mm-hmm. And that's all that we're trying to do is kind of help you get from point A to point B faster. Because if you meander along that that seven-year line that we talked about that soup took and at the end you don't get anything out of it you are going to be very upset i promise you because i was it took a long time to get over it you know i'm playing music again with a new band called avenue of the giants uh ex-guitar player from the band rehab i don't know if that means anything for you guys they were they were a good sensation rap rock sensation 95 you know that's for fun but what we're doing now with Indie Hitmaker and building Lot 108, which is this music and film production park, this is my opus. You know, This is yeah. the biggest thing I've ever worked on in my life, and it's going to go. I know it is, you know, but um, I, I still, you know, if I had done what I'm telling you all to do back then, I'd be taking a Grammy right now. I wouldn't, yeah, right. Be, I wouldn't be on the other side of the business. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's, wow. I mean, that's, that's great, you know. Yeah. Do, we have, do we have any more time? Or? Um, we have like a couple more minutes if you want to do another couple. Uh, let me see if I can find another question he hasn't already answered. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's go back and delve into some detail. You know, How long yeah. has the company been uh, doing this? So we started in 2007, and um, for most of that time, we were like I said, we were doing just strictly live venue reporting. We were doing it back when it was paper, and we had developed yeah, an app, so now say. it's all digital. Um, so that's that's good. Um, there's, a, there's some tour advancing aspects that are built into our app that our competitors don't have. Hmm. Um, but... Um, well, then we started online reporting, I want to say about two, two years ago, maybe a year and a half ago. And then the whole entire Dropkick platform came out uh, you know, last, last quarter of 2015. And that's where I think really things get exciting because I have so many artists that want to report sales. I call them street sales. Um, that you know they're not tied to a venue and they're not tied to an online purchase. So right. how do you make those sales count? There's a lot of that stuff kind of happening. You know, SoundScan will not allow you to report sales from a house concert mm-hmm. or off the street where, yeah, believe right. it or not, people are selling stuff. Side you know, so yeah. yeah, it has to be tied to a venue and a venue representative, or it has to come from an online platform. What happens mm-hmm. if you don't have either of those? What happens to those sales? So that's really what the Dropkick platform was designed for is that we are now in essence it's just mobile retail instead of you walking into a brick and mortar store thank god to the smartphone and a credit card swiper Mm -hmm. you can literally be a mobile retailer and as long as i can track that sale from 
from the from the transaction, whether it was cash or credit, all the way to reporting it and proving it's very easy with credit card sales because yeah. that's a paper trail. But we do it by cash sales. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, so so if like an artist has that has an app, they can like if someone gives them money for their CD, they can still report it to SoundScan or BuzzAngle. Well, even only only through us, right? Right, right. and you have to go. You, you have yeah. to follow yeah. some yeah. very exactly. specific exactly. uh, mm -hmm. specific instructions, right. including using a POS system. We love our partners, MerchCat. If you're on the iOS platform, they're around here at MusicBiz, but it could be Square. MerchCat's built on PayPal, so I definitely say start with PayPal, even if you have an Android phone. And make sure you're putting your cash sales in there. And I'm going to push you as far as to show me your bank deposit. I want your transactions. A dollar in is a dollar out. Or a dollar out is a dollar in. I want to see a dollar happen at the transaction point, And I want to see that dollar deposited into your bank account. Yeah, right. As long as I can do that, then I can bridge it all together. And I can say, this was a sale. My Dropkick platform shows that there was a redemption of the music. I've qualified everything that needs to be done to say, hey, this is a sale. And let's make that sale count for more in gas money and hosting fees. That's really, you know. So, so you've looked into all the ways that somebody could go around it to fake you out, to just make it seem like they sold something so that they can just report a bigger number when in fact And you know what? The, really, the funny thing is, is that I have found in the eight years that I've done this, maybe 0.01% of the artists try to fake it out. They're mm -hmm. all, I, why would you want it? You know, mm -hmm. it's kind of the same thing as buying your Facebook lights and your and your mm -hmm. Twitter, Twitter yeah. followers, mm -hmm. it yeah, really yeah. becomes very transparent and very evident. Look, it's like when the cop pulls you over, <laughs> all right? He knows every freaking story in the book because he sits from a different perspective than you. He's heard every single story that you could ever come up with and every single face twitch and all this other stuff to know that you're lying. <laughs> Listen, man, I can figure it out really fast when you're sending in fake numbers. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I'm not putting my company on the line for you to try to get on the billboard charts by faking it, but most artists don't. It's really mm -hmm. an interesting thing. It's not, it's, not, mm -hmm. it's not a good way to go. And nonetheless, you know, we, we will figure it out. But yes, when it comes to making street sales, I definitely, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to put my ass on the line for you. I want to make mm. sure that you are being honest about it. So I need to see both sides of it, or yeah. otherwise I'm not going to report those sales because that puts me in jeopardy, and that's just not worth it. Mm -hmm. So, right. But I do yeah. want to help artists make every single sale that they make count. And I want you to stop giving away music. I want you to sell it, but maybe you're just doing it the wrong way. And that's where we can get into interesting solutions with the whole Dropkick platform, the 12-step release plan, and selling music digital music tied to physical merchandise rather than trying to hawk CDs. Yeah, people don't really want CDs anymore. Some do. Totally Older good. people do. But still, man, what do you need to do? you got to unwrap it. you got to stick it into a player if you can find it. You have to take it home yeah. and stick it into your computer and burn it. Yeah. And then yeah. what happens with the CD? It gets put away. If I sell you a sticker that costs 25 cents and you could sell it for $5, you're at 400% plus markup versus an $0.85 cent to $1.50 CD that sure. you can maybe sell for 5 bucks. And I guarantee you, your your return on investment is going to pan out much better when people see that sticker on a laptop, see that T-shirt yeah. on you, that bracelet on you. So you've actually done three things instead of one thing, which is put some money in your pocket. You are now branding, mm -hmm. you are reporting, and you're making more money. So that's kind of that's the whole goal of this. Mm -hmm. Now, do you find that most uh, artists report sales tax? You know, that's not my problem. But, uh, yes. Um, you know, we, we did. And you know what I love about my platform and MerchCat platform is that we make accountants love us. You know, two people outside yeah. of the artists that love us, producers, because we pick up where they leave off. Mm -hmm. Once that record's made, what are you going to do with it? Right. Come to us. And then accountants at the end of the year, 
uh, the artist comes and says, hey, man, we sold 1,200 records last year, and we toured 15 states. Well, what's the first question they're going to say is, yeah. how many did you sell in, in Arkansas? How exactly. many did you sell in Georgia? Because yeah. that has different tax rates, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. I have no clue. Yeah. yeah. Well, shit, Look. man. You know, you're, it's going to cost you a fortune to get your stuff done. Absolutely. Or I don't want your business because you're going to have to go figure it out, and you're just a living hell for taxes. But now, by using MerchCat and us with our zip codes and all that other type of stuff, you know down to the penny how many records were sold for what price at a certain place and now the accountant can get your work done like that. Yeah, guys, pay sales tax. You are in the music business. You are building a career. If you want to just make money, go sell drugs. You know, like <laughs> and seriously, that's you want to make cash. Right. Go do a cash business that's that's illegitimate. Right. You want yeah, to be an artist. Right. Pay sales tax, build your infrastructure the right way, incorporate yourself, buy your own UPCs and ISRCs. Don't let anybody else own that stuff. Have split sheets for your music. Understand who you are as an artist, who your audience is, and what they want to buy. Treat it like a business. Trust me, Apple makes billions of dollars a year because they know their audience and they make products that those people want to buy. Guess what? You can be doing the same thing. That's right. There we go. That's everything. So, Bram, where is the website? How can they find find the business? IndieHitMaker.com. It's I-N-D-I-E-H-I-T-M-A-K-E-R.com. Here we go. And uh, you guys can always get in touch with me. I'm easy to find. We're at Indie Hitmaker on all social media. You can find me at Bram Rocks, all one word on Facebook, at Bram underscore Rocks at Twitter. I love to talk to you. Like I said, anybody who joins, you get 30 minutes with me, not just one of my interns or something like that. You'll get 30 minutes with me. And uh, I've, got, I've got years, 20 plus years of experience of what not to do. Yeah. So come and do the right thing with us, guys. We'll definitely help you out. I'm confident about that. Bram Bessoff. Yes. Uh, thanks for your time, guys. The best of <laughs> Bessoff. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're having a panel we... today at Music Biz. I know this probably isn't going to um, make it in time, but we have this thing. I, I do a panel called Best of Merch. Oh, really? Oh, so really? anybody who's got the best of merch, we ask you to bring it. We talk about direct-to-fan engagement, and then we're going to have – people are going to show their merch, and by crowd participation, we're going to figure out who has the best, and then I walk away winning prizes. When's that going to be? That's on Wednesday, I believe, at 3 o'clock here oh, yeah. at Music oh, okay. Biz. We're going to yep. do it at A3C. We're probably going to do it at the CD Baby Festival. We're going to take it on the road, but we do that, and I That's love really doing cool. live performance makeovers, too, where we get an artist up, <laughs> up on the stage nah, in yeah. front of an audience. They play, and then I convert their song like that, and before you know it, at the end of the show, everybody's cheering, and everybody understands what it really means to have, have audience engagement. They were doing that at New Music Seminar. Yeah, Tom too. Jackson does it, yeah, too. He does right. a live music makeover. I do a live performance makeover. He's, yeah. he's my mentor. He taught me everything right. I, I know. You know, there's very few of us live music producers out there. Um, we're few and far between, but, you know, uh, let me tell you the importance. If you're a live performing musician, make sure that you figure out the right way to perform. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right, so there we go. So, Mike Bassett, thank you very much for bringing yes. Bram in right. and asking right. your questions. Mike Bassett, everybody. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Dr. Stephen Marconi, thank you very much. You too, Mr. Phil. That's right. I'm a professor. Professor Dibberger. For instead of saying hello to you at the end of this, we are going to say adios! Adios!